Forgotten Cinema is getting romantic for our eighth season and just in time for Valentine's Day as we cover the 90s ensemble drama, Beautiful Girls. We'll then do a complete 180 as we dive into some spy films, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy and Spy Game. We'll find out why white men can't jump and whether you should shoot to kill while enjoying a Frankenweenie. Nope, that doesn't make any sense. You know what else doesn't make sense? This season will also feature our 100th episode of Forgotten Cinema. Feels like 100 years. Don't I know it. Forgotten Cinema. Never stop, never stopping. Yes, that's a hint. Part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Do you like beer? Do you like podcasts? Do you like beer podcasts? Then check out Cracking One Open, a podcast about brews, news, and pop culture reviews. Every week, we crack open a new craft beer from breweries around the country. And sometimes the world. We'll talk about how it was made, what's in it, the history of the brew, and the brewery. Then we'll give our tasting notes, and while we're finishing up, we'll talk about some of the latest goings-on in the world of pop culture. So check out Crackin' When Open with Mike and Elise, part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hello there, and welcome Nerdy Nights, the well-rounded table to Bohemian Geek Studies, where we take extremely dorky dives into our favorite fandoms. I'm Colleen McMillan, Jedi Master and Rebel Scum Collaborator. And I am Pirate Jedi Anders Drew. But no matter what rank you carry, one thing will always remain constant. Much to learn, we still have. Yeah, both Sabine and Kanan have a lot to learn these episodes. A lot to learn. Oof, so much learning. This season on Bohemian Geek Studies, we're taking a detailed turkey dive into Star Wars Rebels. Today, we're diving into Season 3, Episodes 15 and 16. Some of my favorites, Trials of the Darksaber and Legacy of Mandalore. These are really good. These are really good. Really strong duo here. I like yeah. We have done our absolute best to scramble our signature, and we will be avoiding spoilers for future episodes of Rebels. But I am going to throw in an adult content warning for the younglings. There's a yes. Yes. there's Means talk later. Hot, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> not looking too bad herself. Yeah, she looks really cute. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But without further ado, let's hop on board the Phantom Two and head to Kronos to meet with Sabine's totally understanding and chill as fuck mom yep. as we mm-hmm. explore our holocrons of knowledge. Colleen, Oof. let's go right ahead and punch it with that first holocron. Indeed we will. We're going to hop right into the first holocron, the Journal of the Wills, where we go over the plot and episode synopsis for the episodes this week. First up is Trials of the Darksaber. Like I said, one of my favorites, probably one of my top five Rebels episodes. I love this episode, y'all. Kanan brings Ben Rao to his cabin to show him the Darksaber that they recovered from Maul's cave in Visions and Voices. Rao gives the full history of the blade and its place in the minds and hearts of the Mandalorian people. Together, along with Hera. Yeah, that sequence is fantastic. Beautiful animation in there. Mm-hmm. It reminded me a lot of how they differentiated the Tale of the Three Brothers. It's exactly what I was thinking of at the time. Yeah. <laughs> Hallows. Like, excellent choice here, you guys, to switch up the animation style, because it was really, really cool. Together, along with Hera, they convinced Sabine to take up the blade, learn how to wield it, and help rally her people to the rebellion's cause. That's a lot to ask. Of a, what, girl. 17-year-old? 16, maybe? I, think i think ezra at this point is 17 or 18 so sabine's either 18 or 19 okay at this point i think no one really knows <laughs> Rebels, yeah. until the very end we know that ezra is 19 so it's like we're not exactly sure where they are in their ages right now ben gives sabine some extra weapons after kanan agrees to teach her and things aren't going very well uh-uh. Yeah, mm, these weapons are really cool. They're van braces that aid Mandalorians in fighting Jedi. 
which leads to a blowout fight between Sabine and Kanan. Their frustrations with each other boiling over. It's very it's really not even and it's it's frustrations with each other but it's really frustrations with themselves each one of them frustrations with themselves yep and the scenario like nobody really wants this to be happening it's just kind of what needs to happen thanks to some comfort from ezra doing his best little it's just he's so sweet in this part he's a little shit at first because he's yeah but it's still in kind of a fun way yes yes his emotional intelligence is very good like he knows to go after her and knows how to try and comfort her which is like mm-hmm. good boy Ezra thank you because she really needed that she does or not she Kanan thank the good lord mm, gets some wisdom and a little bit of a takedown from Hera <laughs> she's like this is about you babe mm, it's this about, about you you are doing bad yeah you're doing terribly <laughs> though so we're gonna give you your teacher review now and tell you to improve mm. so after this, Kanan and Sabine are working on their attitudes with each other. During the training, Sabine learns to come to terms with her guilt over leaving her family, which is very intense. The weapons she built were used against Mandalore, and she fled to protect everyone. But she was branded a traitor, and her family chose to stay with the Empire instead of standing with her. <sighs> Rough sequence. Mm-hmm. Yes, also really great, though, because before. I'm glad that they had her... I am glad that they had her basically just like use that time to effectively beat the crap out of Kanan. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. you could have just as easily had her kind of like break down, like drop the blade and kind of collapse on her own. And that right. would have just been not been very Sabine. But she doesn't. She stands the whole time. She Even stands. when she's having her breakdown, she's still yeah. like towering above Kanan, which is great because he's like 6'3". It's fantastic. Yeah. So it's really cool that she gets to take him down. Mm-hmm. So then we move into part two, Legacy of Mandalore. That opens up with Ezra, Sabine, Kanan, and Fenrau approaching the planet Cronus. Mm-hmm. Their comms are jammed, and they are shot at. I like to think that, uh, that that's like a Mandalorian hello. That's just yeah, how they say cool. hi. <laughs> the Phantom quote-unquote lands, Reed crashes, uh, and Kanan has Fenrau kind of just like, stay out of sight for now. We're going to hold you in reserve, because I have a feeling this ain't going to go well shockingly predictive <laughs> um, possibly go wrong with some mandalorians <laughs> yes after what can truly what really is a mandalorian welcome you know a small firefight between everybody yes. on the ground sabine and her brother kind of reveal to each other hey it's me yeah so mm-hmm. tristan escorts the group back to the stronghold where sabine keeps herself talks herself out of being tossed into a cell mm-hmm. by her own mother with the dark saber yeah. and it's actually weird so this scene now where she's like in the throne room and it's like your family and you brought like the family you have now yeah. like such a weird timeliness that we're recording this now spoilers if you have not watched the most recent episode of marvel's what if on disney plus where t'challa becomes star lord and the episode ends yeah. with him bringing like the guardians of the galaxy crew back to meet the wakandans it's like yeah, wild. family i was born with meet the family i found along the way yeah much more heartwarming Ooh. and nice in the marvel version yes mm-hmm. <laughs> this is uh kind of contentious so ursa ren at least outwardly agrees to hear Sabine out, mm-hmm. but she doesn't really look too ready to be convinced into joining the rebellion and leaving the empire. No. 
She does kind of crack a little bit and says she has ultimately been forced to align herself with Gar Saxon in order mm -hmm. to maintain some level of status and actually to keep Sabine's father alive because he is not on Cronus. He is back on Mandalore, mm -hmm. pretty much being held prisoner. Mm -hmm. So Sabine hands her mother the Darksaber, even though weird choice ursa just like moments earlier was like sabine you have no claim to that saber and sabine's mm -hmm. like well i'm holding it and then she's totally willing right a minute later to be like okay you have it yeah strange choice but i they did it because it needed to happen for the episode but yeah still very strange choice uh, all right so tristan and sabine head for some sparring practice which is pretty adorable while ursa makes contact with gar saxon which is less adorable Attempting to barter the Jedi for Sabine's safety. So, like, yes, she still does care about her daughter, but also, mm, let's not call Gar fucking six. Yeah, let's, <laughs> right anybody, really? Stupid choice right there from Ursa Run. Meanwhile, Fen Rao, yay, infiltrates the base and steals back Ezra and Kanan's lightsabers because he's amazing. Ursa captures the Jedi and Tristan takes his frustrations out on Sabine, revealing his ang in his anger Ursa's plan. Mm, whoopsies. Gar Saxon comes in to take to custody of the prisoners and the Darksaber. Predictably, he betrays Ursa, mm, shocking, and plans to take out the entirety of Clan Run. Right there in that room. Rao comes in at the last moment to give the Jedi their lightsabers. Yes! <laughs> so cool. And a fight breaks out, because of course it does. Ezra tosses his lightsaber to Sabine. I love this part. That's an no hesitation moment. whatsoever. None. He's just like, yeet! <laughs> and he throws it right, <laughs> right into Sabine's hand. It was perfect. She uses this to deflect Saxon's dark saber from killing her mother. Mm, that was amazing. Like, yes, protect your mom, even though she's a bitch. You still love your mom. Ah, the two are thrown out into the snow where they begin to duel. One of the coolest fight sequences I think that's ever happened with a lightsaber on yeah. screen. Sabine wins and shows her fallen enemy mercy by not killing him. He shows his gratitude by trying to shoot her in the back. <laughs> but... Ursa's like, not my daughter, you bitch, and shoots him in the chest. And he did. Would have been really cool if he also, like, after he fell, after if he, like, fell through the ice, too. Just yep. like, yeah, we don't need to see you anymore. No, <laughs> Bye. I did think that the ice was going to crack at some point. Like, mm, kind of like a through. Batman Begins type deal. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So Ezra and Kanan gather their stuff. They head back to the Rebellion, back on Adelon. Chopper, you know, manages to show up. One of the only times Chopper doesn't save the day. He's just like, yeah. you know what? You guys handle this. I'll come in when yeah, you need a ride. Like, Fuck the Mandalorians. No. Mm. <laughs> Not doing this. No. But Sabine decides to stay on Cronus with her family. Sabine is leaving us, everybody. Uh, I was not prepared for this when it when it happened. I'm like, there's no, no. way she's, there's, she's no. They can't gone, do that. Right? She's not going to go on the. Oh shit. So they have come to the decision that Mandalore may sympathize with the rebellion but they can't officially join it the mandalore that's just not kind of how the mandalorians roll they need to stand up on their own to resist yeah before they can help anybody yeah so sabine has decided she's going to stay and help that happen fen rao compliments her on her strength and her worthiness to lead mandalore with the darksaber but Sabine says she's not a leader. It's just not it's just not her. Uh she's gonna carry the Darksaber for now, but she's gonna find the right person to hand it to. Mm -hmm. Ooh. 
Great episodes. So let's get right into Colleen, our second Holocron, The Will of the Force, where we go through the theme or themes of the episodes. Yes. Okay. So for Trials of the Dark Saber, our theme is forgiving yourself and facing yourself. Kanan and Fenro basically force Sabine to face, like face her past in this episode. They force her to, and not gently either. They make her come to terms with her shame and her guilt that she's been feeling since she fled the Imperial Academy and her parents. She's almost going through a Jedi trial here while she's training with the Darksaber. Got kind of long, dark night of the soul where she has to get through her emotional barriers in order to effectively wield the blade. Does work. By making her confront her past actions, she is able to successfully wield the Darksaber and holds her own against Kanan, Mm -hmm. which is pretty cool. Even Ezra can't really do that. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we haven't really seen them spar lately. I, he yeah, might be and I mean, team. definitely Kanan is not going like 100%, no, but definitely still. Not. Still, it's pretty, he like is like, oh yeah. shit. Like, she's fucking better dead. than he thought she was going to be able to do. Yes, yeah, I think she definitely blew past his expectations, which mm-hmm. was fantastic to see. Fenral believed her all the time, which is also really cool to see. Yeah, but he also believed that she needed to use those... Uh, the van braces. The van braces, which actually she yeah. uses in a different way. Like, she uses them mm-hmm. to grapple her the saber. Yes, and then she uses them again in the second episode, which was really cool. Yeah. Like, yes, she effectively knows how to use these weapons, which is cool. Speaking of the next episode, episode 16, our theme is Forging Your Own Way. Sabine, she's been reflecting on herself in her past, but she's also not sorry that she left the Imperial Academy to join the rebellion. She didn't, she's like, oh no, I made the right choice. Even if mm-hmm. it, the choice hurt her, it was still her choice. And she stands firm in that decision, which her mom eventually is kind of grudgingly proud of her for. She's like, well, at least you have conviction. You didn't like just leave for no reason. Yeah. Even though she's disappointed, like uh, Ursa Ren is totally that parent who says, I'm so disappointed in you. Mm-hmm. and it it hurts so badly <laughs> when would she really i mean i think she kind of gets to the she's starting to get to the point where i don't agree with your choice but i respect your right to make it because mm-hmm. she still sees sabine as a child yeah and it's like at this point sabine is probably 18 so it's like she's not a child anymore but that's that parental thing of slipping back into the behaviors you had when your kid was younger and the kid thing too they slip back into the behaviors with the parents like they start fighting pretty much immediately <laughs> which is not surprising considering no. that they are both very similar oh they're so sure similar oh my god really 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 similar which i'm sure that sabine is not too happy with most nope. of the time and ursa probably too is like oh god my mother swore that i'd be cursed with a daughter who's just like <laughs> Oh, the Wrens. We love them. Speaking of the Wrens, Anders, what is our (laughs) series theme? (laughs) So normally we just have our family you choose, but this week also we get to see the family you lose. Sabine says the word family numerous, numerous times throughout these two episodes. Mm -hmm. Uh, She mentions that the ghost crew are now her family. And because of that, she doesn't need to connect with the rest of the Wrens. She she yeah. doesn't have to go back because she has her family right here. Obviously, that can't last forever. No. And Ezra has that great moment where he reminds her 
she has a family to go back to. He doesn't. Like, the ghost crew is his family now, but he doesn't have any other options. Nope. He does not. Sounds weird calling them options, but it is kind of what they are. Like, Sabine uses that option. She ultimately chooses to go back there. Mm-hmm. <sighs> can't fight it. You can't fight what your heart wants. And your heart wants your mom. Yep. And in the end, I mean, Kanan, he reminds Sabine that their family, the ghost family, will stand by her no matter what they choose. Even if they don't like the fact that she's leaving, they will absolutely support her in that decision. Yep. Which is really important. Contrasted very much with our Seren. Ooh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> Ursa has a long way to go in our hearts and minds. Yes. <laughs> Hopefully she'll get there. <laughs> okay, next we are going to head into our third holocron, which is the Galaxy's Populous, which we go over the characters in the episodes and the relationships that were further established or established. First, we have to start with Sabine. She's the main focus of these two episodes. Um, she even gets her own musical theme. Mm -hmm. that will continue throughout the rest of the series super mournful super kind of sad her theme but it is very beautiful and whenever you hear it you're like instantly think of sabine so before we dive into her character i just need to say this sabine had two lightsabers on gar saxon's neck and did not chop off his head anakin Mm. (laughs) would have been a really really kind of a missed opportunity for for an easter egg there if like she's got them there and you cut to like tristan or somebody who like under his breath is just like do it do it (laughs) (laughs) somewhere emperor palpatine is like i should be telling someone to do something right now (laughs) i can't quite pinpoint where i feel a disturbance in the force yeah there's a disturbance i need to figure something out (laughs) Oh my gosh, we're we're very sorry, Anakin. I mean, you had a lot of choices to make, and we can't. And say you what made the wrong one. Right In that instance, yes, I think he pretty much did because <laughs> it it broke his mind a little bit when he did that. And I think the same would have happened to Sabine here. I think she would have been emotionally kind of drained if she had done it. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm glad that she made the decision, even though it was probably not necessarily the not right decision maybe, but would have been smarter to kill him. But we can go over that later. Right now, we're gonna go into her relationships with Ezra and Kanan, adorable. Love, 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 love them here. Ezra and Sabine get into that little sibling rivalry thing, like who's dad's favorite? Mm. Let's see, let's find out. In no way is Ezra hoping Sabine doesn't do well. He wants her to do well, but he's definitely attempting to flaunt his experience over here which is pretty hilarious. This is a very younger sibling. Anything you can do, I can do better. (laughs) I mean, to his credit, he's been training to do this for the last several, for the past couple of years. Yes. Yes. So yes, he is going to be better at her, like than her at this. And the fact that she doesn't have the force to help her also, he's like, well, you can't, you don't have the force. Like how you're supposed to do this. But he's also very quick to comfort her when things aren't going well. Mm-hmm. When Sabine and Kanan start fighting for real, Ezra moves to stop it like a few times. He's like standing up and being like, mm, mm. but Fenra was like, nah, dude, <laughs> this is not, not the place for a little brother to step in. I do love that his instinct is always to help and always help Sabine. 
It's a testament to the trust they've built over the series so far that despite the ups and downs of the episode, Ezra doesn't hesitate to toss her his own damn lightsaber <laughs> to defend herself and her mother. Like, nothing. He's just, whoop. <laughs> it's Sabine. Here you go. Have a she weapon. She catches it seamless. Yep. Yep. It's perfect. They are very much in sync. Even if they don't necessarily have a force connection, they've got some sort of connection going on mm -hmm. here that they can just seamlessly work together like this. And then we have poor Kanan. The reluctant teacher is back. He can't help but want to help like keep his kids safe. That's basically, I think, where a lot of his issues come from is that he doesn't want them to have to do these things, but they do have to. So it's kind of like, oh, Kanan, you need to like get over yourself yeah. and just do it. Kara's right that he's holding back with Sabine in this episode, treating her differently than Ezra. And he doesn't mean to, I don't think, like he... He does want to protect her and he's like i don't know if she can handle a fucking lightsaber like this is a laser sword you know what's going to happen here i mean but... i would think that sabine is pretty capable in hand-to-hand -hand combat yes the yes. lightsaber is a little bit different mm -hmm. and the dark saber is even a little bit different on top of that but right. she's very pretty, capable. she's very capable and he knows that so it's like kanan what are you doing mm, it's very frustrating at the beginning of the episode because of this She's a very hands-on learner and has problem with authority figures as it is. Mm -hmm. So he is like not hitting any of the teaching milestones that she needs. Like she needs an explanation. Sabine from season one has been like, I want to know what's going on. I want to know the reasons for why we do things. And Kanan has just like forgotten that she needs that. Mm. He eventually does follow through on Hero's advice and doesn't hold back against Sabine, basically dragging the truth out of her which she's been holding on to for years. Like, oh, it's all very intense. It works out in the end, but it could have gone horribly wrong. Yeah, it absolutely could have. Like, mm, Kanan, you're lucky that Sabine loves you. <laughs> so we also get, we meet Sabine's actual blood family for the first mm -hmm. time, most of them anyway. Uh, yes. Ursa and Tristan Wren. Both of these are brand new characters. We've never seen them before. And they have a lot of nuance for mm -hmm. first appearances on the show i mean yeah. both of them will really do whatever it takes to yeah. help their family survive uh, i mean tristan joined up with gar saxon specifically to protect his family yep uh don toretto would, would approve they put they seem to put fan, the the name of the family first yes family <laughs> is everything <laughs> i can't believe we've got a fast and furious reference <laughs> Oh, 100%. Are you kidding me? The amount of times we're saying family in this thing is absolutely, that is yes. That is fair. <laughs> <laughs> um, although Ursa is a little bit more focused on just kind of keeping the clan as a whole around, whereas Tristan oh. is kind of worried about the individual members. He's really worried about his father, his mother. To a degree, he is still worried about, he's absolutely still worried about Sabine. Yeah. Um, but that also makes sense because Ursa is the clan's leader. Like that's not only her family, it's her job. Mm -hmm. And She's by tradition, she has a lot of responsibility. Mm -hmm. And that responsibility for keeping them all alive in a time that is rife with conflict is a very heavy burden. Now this, mm -hmm. these are Mandalorians, a time rife with conflict is kind of all the time. That's but fair. now we have everything else going on in the galaxy as well. Mm -hmm. Mandalore mm -hmm. really just doesn't have the independence it used to. No. So Urso was a member of Death Watch and the Night Owls during the Clone Wars. Mm -hmm. So she has really, really strong ties to both House Vizsla and House Kreese. Yeah. 
and the political maneuverings of Mandalorians really just aren't that high on Sabine's list of priorities. No. Like she's kind of like, yeah, you guys go do that. That's fine, but we need to fight the Empire. Like, can we just come back to that? Yeah. <laughs> Put a pin in it. We'll come back. Put a pin in the position of your house, and can we just do the thing where we stay alive? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's obviously still important. I mean, considering the fact that Gar Saxon just like shows up and is like, I'm going to wipe out your entire clan. It's, it's yeah. an important thing to do, mm-hmm. to deal with. Very important for Mandalorians, especially like you need to keep your status. Otherwise other clans could unite to wipe you out. Mm-hmm. And that's basically what Ursa is really worried about, which is understandable. Getting back to Gar fucking Saxon. Mm. <laughs> Gar Saxon and Ben Rao, these two, mm, lots of masculinity being thrown around with these two. <laughs> they are diametrically opposed because of who they served during the Clone Wars, and they both want to take the other out, which is hilarious. Freaking Gar Saxon's always like, Ben Rao! <laughs> oh my god, you're still alive. Like, yes, of course he is. It works out for Ben Rao in the end here, though. Uh, Gar Saxon was Maul's second in command. He's gunned down by Ursa Ren in these episodes. Thank the good Lord. Like, we did yeah. not need any more Gar Saxon. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. Love it. He should have been fine because he went down in like a very Mandalorian duel. So it's like you should be at least proud that you were taken out. In a duel. good death. Ugh, yeah, except he dishonored himself by trying to shoot Sabine in the back. Yep. I was a little curious about that. Was he wearing Beskar? Because it kind of looked like he was, but then Sabine hit, or Sabine Ursa hit him in the chest. Like Ursa maybe she got. Uh, I have a feeling it could, because it was like stormtroopery, it was like Empire issues. I have a feeling it wasn't. I have a feeling it wasn't Beskar. They they like to cut corners on that stuff. That's very true. Yeah, the clones were like, look at that shit armor they've got. Look at that shit armor. The Kaminoans knew how to build stuff. Damn right they did. Either way, Gar Saxon is out of power, thank the good lord, and there will be turmoil at the capital of Sindari. Like, this is going to shake some shit up. Mm-hmm. I do love that Fenrau is so interested in getting a new leader for Mandalore. He's chosen Sabine to wield the Darksaber, not himself. Like, super interesting. Most Mandalorians would be clamoring to get a hold of the Darksaber, at least like the more elite upper branches who are looking for power. Yet Rao is faithful to his protector vows and chooses not to take it. Instead, he chooses to protect Sabine. I'm like, and she's choosing. I mean, she's. I mean, she has it for now, but she's absolutely choosing not to be the one to take it. Which could be interesting moving forward with the Ahsoka show and the Mandalorian show. Yes. Like, is Sabine eventually going to be the one to take control of Mandalorian? Well, she's had an extra twenty years, maybe. Maybe, maybe. Mm, we shall see. We shall see. All right, let's move now into our fourth holocron, Binding the Galaxy Together. This is our homages and Easter eggs. And speaking of the Darksaber, it's got some very Arthurian legends around it, being the um, the chosen one to wield this legendary blade. Only the worthy can kind of handle it, and including in that really beautiful animation sequence when the members of Clan Vizsla steal the saber back from the Jedi Temple. They really do yeah. kind of draw it like doing the sword out of the stone so from cool. its position and surrounded by knights that I'm pretty sure they probably just wiped it, wiped the floor with at the time. Yeah, everything's fine. <laughs> yeah, everything's fine. It's okay. Everything's fine on Mandalore. Can, yeah, and moving on to that, Death Watch and Clan Vizsla. <laughs> 
we've discussed this before. They're big parts of Mandalorian culture. A reference to the Clone Wars arc with Duchess Satine and one of the many Mandalorian civil wars. Mm, so many. Check out our episodes on Visions and Voices to get more info on this. Yes. And uh, Hera's line here, um, she says, family history can be painful. Believe me, I know. This mm-hmm. just, I mean, we've seen Hera's kind of friction with her father, but it absolutely hits a little bit harder now that we've seen her episodes, Rescue on Ryloth of the Bad Batch, where we saw some more of her family. <laughs> yeah, her mom. Mm. Everyone watched the Bad Batch. It is wonderful. Oh, it is. <laughs> you get so much more backstory for certain things. And then, and then uh, check out our episodes on them. Yes, we do a lot of little deep dives into the Bad Batch with our friend Daniel. Get it, get it, get it, get it. Get the Bad Batch coverage. This, I laughed really hard at this. First lesson, don't try, just learn. Thanks, Ezra. Mm. A nice little update on Yoda's do or do not mantra. He's being a pain in the ass here, but he's not wrong. And I think this is actually a lot nicer. Yeah, like, it's a, like, it's a lot more straightforward than than yes. Yoda's like do or do not. There is no try. It's like right. kind of getting the message home. Exactly. Like, don't try, just learn. And learning like is trying basically, but then it's not as like oh stodgy. Like Ezra's got a hip new spin on it. This is what the kids are saying these days. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ezra, I love you so. Pretty much. soon it'll come with a TikTok. <laughs> Yes, Ezra would totally be in the TikTok. God. <laughs> He'd rope Zeb into it somehow, too. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. All right, next up, we have small appearances, kind of blinking, you'll miss it, from the Convor Birds and Bendu. Mm-hmm. In Trials of the Darksaber, they are very, very brief, but mm-hmm. the Convors represent Ahsoka, a former Jedi who had to find her way kind of out on her own. Mm-hmm. And if Bendu is showing up, Sabine must be in some way connecting with the Force. Maybe, definitely not as much as like a Jedi would or a Sith would, but she's making connections. She's opening herself up to this in order mm-hmm. to learn how to wield the Darksaber. You know, because Kanan says everyone has access to the Force. They just have to be open to it. I love this. We love this idea that's so central to Star Wars, though it wasn't covered super well in Rise of Skywalker, which we go over (laughs) in our yet another Star Wars podcast extensively. We did get a glimpse of it with Broomboy and Last Jedi, and now Sabine is able to connect with the Darksaber by opening herself up to the Force, even though she doesn't really realize she's doing it. Like she says at first, the blade is heavy. And then as she's using it and using, like connecting with it more, she's like, oh, it's lighter now. Mm -hmm. And that's really weird. Like it should either be heavier, it should be light, but no, the force helps her wield the blade. Love it. Love it. So Trials of the Dark Saber really has a lot of callbacks to kind of the early Kanan Ezra training days. You know, Kanan mm-hmm. as the reluctant teacher, very he has huge lack of confidence that he can actually pull this off, just like yes. he did with Ezra. Sabine kind of filling Ezra's role with that frustration at not making faster progress or mm-hmm. you know. Um, and it all, of course, culminates in everyone coming to terms with themselves because Kanan gets a complete dressing down from Hera, whose emotional intelligence manages to fix everything by forcing them to talk it out. Oh my God, people talk in Star Wars. <laughs> Hera reminds Kanan that it's not about him, which is a really big thing when it comes to teaching. It is about yes. the student. It is not about you. No, it's not. He needs to do what Sabine needs. Come on. 
Hera's like, let's get this snappy. Like, come on, we need you back at the base. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it. Okay, this kills me every freaking time. Ursa Wren's freaking ego portrait hanging above <laughs> her throne. <laughs> I love it so much. This isn't so much an Easter egg as it is a headcanon that I have. I think Sabine's father painted this portrait for Ursa as a gift because he is an artist either maybe as like a courting gift or for some sort of anniversary like maybe she was mad at him for something and he's like look at this though <laughs> you look amazing here either way she freaking loves it because it is hanging at prominence in the middle of the freaking room absolutely <laughs> i love it just like oh man mm, yes Head speaking of rule. yeah speaking of paint we do get a good shot of the phantom 2 with its new paint job from a couple yes. episodes ago, they mentioned that Sabine was going to have to give it a paint job, and it looks like she did. It looks good. It looks really good. Sabine's stuff always looks so good. It really does. I just love that they put her touch kind of on everything. So then I'm sure Tristan freaking sees it, and he's like, mm. <laughs> I, I know my sister's art style. Yes. <laughs> oh, so good. Okay, next we have the Mandalorian Bambraces. These are the weapons that Fenrao gives Sabine. They're super useful against any foe, including Jedi. The weapons included in the Vambraces are a shield emitter, which we see her use a couple times, a flamethrower, which Din Djarin also has in his Vambraces mm -hmm. in the Mandalorian. There's a repulsor, a grappling line, which is really cool, a paralyzing darts, and then a pair of blaster barrels. <laughs> like there's a lot of shit in these things. Mandalorians know how to like compartmentalize stuff. They really do. Very handy. All right, so this next one may be just me, but I want to throw it out there because if I can see it, hopefully someone else does out there. I always thought, ever since the first time I saw it, that the stronghold on Cronus looks just like the fortress from that last dream level in uh, Inception when they're going after the snow fort. Yes, it, it really does. It's like the perfect rich person's house, like a yeah, little house. Yeah, like nestles down in the valley, so you get the mountains all over the place. Mm -hmm. The glass, like all of the glass surrounding the windows yeah. in the front. I'm like, a rich person lives. <laughs> <laughs> they have all this glass. It's very beautiful. It's very befitting, I think, of Clan Wren. Mm -hmm. Like, it's very eclectic. I think they're, like, because they're not technically, like, Mandalorians. They are, but... They're from a different world. I like that they gave them kind of a different look. A little bit of a different look. And it's also like kind of out of the way. Like I could imagine someone like Gar Saxon walking in and being like, oh, you tried, I guess. Yeah, right. You're like, <laughs> this is nothing like the capital. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh, if only. New money, I guess. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally new money. <laughs> Architecture Digest like did a piece on them. <laughs> Making Gar Saxon freaking jealous because he probably has like a freaking stone castle or some shit. Okay. And then last but not least, we have the Emperor's Hand. Tristan refers to Gar Saxon as the Emperor's Hand. This is a really interesting term for people who are familiar with Mara Jade from Legends because she is the Emperor's Hand. Mm. Yeah, I heard that title and was like, excuse me, the ginger anger ball is. <laughs> it's like, does this just mean that he's like the emperor's hand for Mandalore? Maybe, I guess. Probably. Because yeah. like, Mara was the emperor's hand for like everything. Mara's the emperor's <laughs> hand, Vader's the emperor's fist. Mm-hmm. For sure. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. 
All right, guys. Well, before we move into our next holocron, just want to take a minute to tell you that this week our episode is brought to you by Fiverr. Do you need a freelancer to help you out with your website, whether it's a designer or someone who might just be able to help you write some expert articles and blogs, or maybe you need a presentation designer to help you with a big work project? Look no further than the number one freelance marketplace, Fiverr. You can find designers, programmers, and more within seconds, sometimes as low as just $5 per gig. Fiverr is the ideal tool to help you with pressing projects. Just post your gig or start a search and you're off. Don't deal with the hassle of finding freelancers all on your own. Let Fiverr help you. See the link in our show notes to get started. Please note, Bohemian Geek Studies is an affiliate partner of Fiverr, so we do get commissions on purchases and services you buy after you click the link. Those commissions help support the growth of BGS, and we appreciate your continued support. Okay, everyone, it is time to head into our fifth holocron, the newbie from Naboo. Mm -hmm. This is Flo's first time watching Rebels. We're very excited for her to watch these episodes in particular today. We've tasked her with watching the episodes, giving us her questions and her takes. Before we check in with our ambassador for Naboo, I do have to tell y'all about this little Rebels episode guide that was sent to me as bait by a friend of the pod, Jason Zambricki, that little potster. The list was a travesty. It was a horror show. I wanted to yeet it into the Twin Sons, which was on their skippable episodes list. For real, Twin Sons. Flo will know when we get there. But then Excited. one of our episodes for today was on the skip list, Trials and Darksaber. That's just, no. Wait, the, the, one of yes. these was on the skip list? Yes. Yeah. Jason didn't write this guide, right? I've had, I've had no. to have <laughs> He did not. He sent it to me and was like, look what just got posted in one of the web. I'm like, oh, <laughs> mm, mm. you should really just stop opening messages, Colleen. It's not good <laughs> for your health. Look, I spent, apparently from Jason. I mean, I was like, Jason, you know what this has done. And he's like, friend yes. of the pod, Jason, you need to curate your content better before you send it to Colleen. She's going to have like a breakdown if you keep sending her this crazy shit. Seriously. <laughs> It was okay. Everybody piled on the list on the post, which was fantastic. That's <laughs> just like, no, this is atrocious. This is, should never see the light of day again. It's just not, not yeah, that's wild. Yeah, I mm, just wait until we get to Twin Sons and you'll be like, they said to skip this. Mm. Okay. All right. Well, also, <laughs> I just want to say, like, I love how we're still like, woo, newbie from Naboo. It's been like, I don't know, 30 episodes. <laughs> We're just you're, as excited as for the first one. It's you're amazing. still the newbie from Naboo, though. I'm, I'm you're still, still the just young, these. fresh face of Naboo. <laughs> okay, let's get into these episodes. Two episodes today, starting with Trials of the Darksaber, which I cannot believe somebody would say to skip. That's some wild shit. Okay, <laughs> I really liked this one. So that was super exciting. Okay, so I want to start off with Fen Rao. Okay. When I saw Fen Rao in this episode without his helmet, right? But with still like the helmet thing with the ear things, right? Yeah. Immediately I was like, is he deep sea diving? And why is he Jacques Cousteau? <laughs> so I was just like, what is happening here? And then I realized like he just didn't have his helmet on, but I was just like, what? is this guy doing mm -hmm. so that was hilarious also this is a big fen rao episode and the next one is as mm -hmm. well and so like i feel much better about fen rao after these two obviously um Good. But still he's like a little bit prickly yes he's a prickly <laughs> guy okay <Yes. laughs> sabine is super distraught in this one which was really difficult to see 
Um, but also she was a badass. So that was amazing yeah. to see. Um, the family you choose obviously was like the big theme of this one mm-hmm. and the next one. Although we'll get to the next one. I definitely have a problem with it, but we'll get there. <laughs> Hera talking sense into Sabine was so lovely. It was like, Hera is really just an incredible mom. Like, yes. I guess, I, I don't know exactly how long she's known Sabine or like a couple years at this point, right? Yeah. Yeah. So like, she's just like the best, like foster mom, like friend mom, just like, the, just the best. Sabine <laughs> fighting with Ezra. She goes, I'll damage you if you don't shut up. And I was just like, I'm obsessed with you. <laughs> I love their dynamic. It's so good. <laughs> and like, their dynamic was scintillating in this one. Like, it just sizzled. And like, I I couldn't decide if it was like flirty or brother-sistery. But like, either way, I just like, I loved it. I was very surprised at Kanan's teaching techniques here. Um, Please continue. If- it was definitely, obviously I'm a teacher for those of you who don't know, um, I'm teaching second grade this year. This was my first week back at work. I'm exhausted. Anyways, Kanan, like when he was training Ezra was very like patient, loving, like I thought, you know, at least more than here, here with Sabine, like he is not pulling any punches. Mm-hmm. He's just like, well, bam, like, let's go. Like, and like almost goading her into. I believe they like, refer to that as differentiation. <laughs> yes, ex- <laughs> yes. Except I don't think that he was actually differentiating for Sabine in no, a way was that was like appropriate for her. <laughs> no, he was not. <laughs> Sarcasm. Like, yeah, but it is. Here's the thing. Like, I feel like he needed more scaffolding for her, <laughs> which there is something go. that we do in education. That would be the wooden sabers. <laughs> yes. And like, I just feel like he didn't meet her where she was, which is also a big thing in education. Like you meet the student where they are and he was just like pushing her, pushing her, pushing her and like berating her. It was almost like Severus Snape situation where he was like, it was a little too intense, honestly, like for this girl who's obviously suffering. Like, I feel like he was trying to do this like tough love, like snap her out of it thing. Right. Mm -hmm. I don't think it worked. And I don't think that usually works. Um, so that, that was like a tricky one, especially because like, he is such a father figure to her. Like he's not just a teacher. They don't just have that kind of relationship. And so I feel like he was really lacking on the, uh, just like nurturing side of what probably should have happened here. Yeah. Like no compassion was like, where's your yeah. famous Jedi compassion? <laughs> I know. And I feel like we haven't seen that's reserved this for force users. That's, that's fair. That was shitty. Like, yeah. He was what is this like scared. elite behavior over here like freaking Kanan like chill out like you're hot but that doesn't excuse you <laughs> right like you don't have to treat Sabine with kid gloves because she has talent like she is able yes and at the same time like she's also very sensitive and like this mm-hmm. is a big deal like it's huge this is a piece of like her personal family history and like in ways that Kanan probably doesn't understand and he's acting like he does and it's like no like you don't understand what this means to my culture and here you are like berating me about it which whatever it was not cool however I loved seeing Ezra and Sabine just like working on their sword play I thought that was just so cute very like samurai feel in this episode I feel like Mm -hmm. the shots that we got and like even like the music accompaniment was like very Japanese samurai feely yes 
I love how Hera calls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. 100%. Also, this is a side note, but when Evan and I took ballroom dancing, our ballroom dance teacher made us call him sensei. Anyways, it was pretty hilarious. <laughs> I'd be so into that. I'd be like, oh, yeah. <laughs> We're really so dancing Shout out now. to you, Sensei Oda, if you are listening. <laughs> I'd be like, we picked the right class. Yeah, a mm-hmm. half unit elective. It was so great. Um, I like that Hera called out Kanan's teaching techniques yes. here. I say techniques loosely. It was really just like not teaching. Anyways, and like Kanan and Hera were unmatched in this episode. Yeah. They're so, they are- good. <laughs> They're so good. In People very little time together, couple, too. Like, what the hell? That is the thing with Kanan and Hera's relationship is like we get so little screen time of them, they get so few minutes of like mm-hmm. them as a couple. And yet it's like absolutely sizzling. Yes. Like, Mm -hmm. wow, y'all are wild. (laughs) And I'm obsessed (laughs) with you. Fenrau came in clutch. Um, He like, he was able to reach Sabine in a way that Kanan could not, which was lovely. Mm. Yeah. Okay. I don't exactly know when this happened, but I wrote, fuck yes, Sabine, with the quote, more than you can handle. Yeah. Ezra. <laughs> That's what I figured. Yeah. <laughs> we got there. <laughs> Love that. Oh yeah. Oh, that's right. That was. Uh, so- that's when she has the gauntlets. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. That was so good. Um, the Jedi versus Mandalorian plot was mm. hard, only because I I'm sure we saw some of it in Clone Wars, but like I obviously have mm. not. Okay, or we didn't. Well, in terms of the actual conflict, not so much. It's something that's really only ever been hinted at. Like thousands of years before. God, oh, okay, got it. The Mandalorians were even worse. (laughs) Yeah. It just felt like there was a lot of unnecessary prejudice here, but okay. It was just kind of wild. That Jedi elitism. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To bite him in the ass yet again. Combined with the Mandalorian elitism. Let's remember, Mandalore lost that war. That's and Fenra was like, it's fair. Yeah, <laughs> fair critique. Um, as harsh as Kanan was being, Sabine was also very harsh back to Kanan, especially towards the end of this episode. She was mm-hmm. just like firing on all cylinders here, mm-hmm. um, which yep. was a lot. And once again, we have the question, how are there no therapists in space? Like, these people need help. Like Sabine is in crisis. Kanan is like taking it out on this poor girl. He like is still coping with his blindness. Then he's got Ezra, who's like this moody teenager who like may or may not be leaning towards the dark side. Hera's just like trying to keep shit together. You know, Zeb is like figuring out his sexuality. With- yeah, he is. Callus <laughs> is just yeah, like, no there's question. a lot going on so like we just need somebody to help us figure this out Mm -hmm. um there was a part in this episode where i was immediately taken to harry potter and it is when ezra is talking to sabine and he says at least you have parents and Mm -hmm. that was such harry to ron when ron is like complaining complaining and he's just like blah 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 and then harry's like i don't have parents like so it was awkward but it was good it was I feel like that helped Sabine be like you're right like at least I have a relationship that I could try and salvage with my that's the that's that brother sister stuff that's the that's the brutal honesty that you need to hear in the moment it's Mm -hmm. not harsh yes per se it's 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 just truth 
Yes, yeah. it, it was. Also, probably hard so. to hear. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Okay, my next note just says Hera is the only acceptable space parent. OMG. <laughs> like, just take everybody else's credentials away. They don't deserve to have kids. This next note just says family apologizing to each other is hot. I just like, yes. I loved it. It was just so good that they did that. And Lots again, of conflict I, resolution in this yes! episode. Mm-hmm. It was um, it was just like amazing how they talked it out. They apologize, like Sabine apologizing yeah. and Kanan apologizing. It was just like, this is what grownups do. And like, this is how society should be and how much better society would be if we could just, you know, be straight up and talk about our feelings and apologize to each other when we fuck up. Yep. So that was just so good. Okay. Then Sabine ignites the dark saber. And I swear to God, I thought she was going to cut her face off. <laughs> like, why would she? First of all, nobody gave her directions. What is up with that? And then they're just like, he's just like, ignite it. And she's like, and it's like right under her face. And I was like, you nearly died. I, I don't know what to tell you. Hold it away from the body. To be fair, <laughs> igniting a lightsaber takes very few directions. It's flip a switch. Okay, fair. <laughs> However, maybe you should be like, hold it down, like down and out when you ignite it, like not eh. next to your neck. Don't be like, I'm going to ignite it. How, yeah, <laughs> but how work. not badass would that look? I mean, pretty badass, except you're dead. So it's kind of useless at this point. Um, I, again, like I'm really hoping there's a training mode on these lightsabers because they were, again, not pulling punches at all. And I was like, somebody's going to die. So that made me super nervous. Then, like, Kanan, who had been doing so well, had been, like, apologizing, gave her the dark saber, blah, blah. Then he starts hitting her with reverse psychology and is like, you should quit. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you're a bitch, Kanan. Can you stop? Like, what are you doing? I- anyways, I was just, like, really not into that. I do not respond well to reverse psychology. I do not respond well to, like, that kind of pressure. So I was like, Sabine, just hit him. Like, Oh, this, no, I loved, I loved those <laughs> moments, though. That's the classic, oh. that is the classic, like, coaching montage point where they break through to the kid in some way. Like, you have to know the right, it has to be the right kid at the right moment. Cause and I think that that's where she work. was. And I think she might have. She was at that place where it could work. She needed it to let that out. It could have backfired horribly. She needed to to let that she, out. She did. I okay. I fully agree that she needed to let her story out, and like it was great to hear it. But like I didn't want to hear it, and I'm not sure she wanted to tell it in this like moment of anger towards Kanan. Like, right. I I understand she may not have said it like in a moment of compassion or like in a calmer moment, but like it just felt like he was again not like encouraging her to tell her story but like goading her to tell her story and like that feels Mm -hmm. very different and it didn't feel good to me that like that's how she had to share her truth instead of like it being something that she wanted to do in like a place where she felt safe I felt like she felt threatened yes it was fight or flight and she finally fought back (laughs) Mm -hmm. yes but I don't know that she should have had to do that. And I don't even know that she owed Kanan her story, honestly. No, I don't, I don't think he thought that he, that she owed him. I think he wanted her to get it out. Like he's yeah. like something stopping her, like something's stopping the flow of her chi. Of her yeah, something is holding her, something is holding her back right now. And so we are unfortunately the... in a situation where she needs to be on point. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah. yes, she will stab herself right. in the face. I don't agree with how he did it. I think it yeah, I mean, I think I think that's my main issue. I wonder if Hera would have done a better job with this than Kanan Probably. would have. 
And it's just like, this was not necessary to get out right this minute. Like, I just, it didn't feel necessary. Mm -hmm. Um, But then, of course, everybody kneeling to Sabine. Like, (laughs) I mean, (laughs) I, (laughs) I don't even like. I think that's just like what I want in my life is just like people to just like kneel down to me. <laughs> I was just like, this is fabulous. <laughs> this is it. This is all I've ever wanted. So mm-hmm. um, it was just, it was both like sweet and I, I don't know. I just like, I really like Ezra Sabine. And so like, it felt like a little bit like sexual in a way. <laughs> like, I, don't I don't know why I felt that way, but I was just like, go get it kids. Good job. <laughs> okay. Yes. So then we get to episode 16, Legacy of Mandalore. Mm-hmm. Sabine is heading home. Um yep, I she she's she's heading home to a gorgeous planet. It's beautiful. Like mm-hmm. that's I, I don't even know where like where that is. It's like a moon, right? Or like a something. I'm not really sure. Yeah, it's like another planet in the the Mandalore system or like yeah. a moon somewhere around there. Yeah, it was honest. absolutely beautiful. I totally would have moved there. Okay, I totally forgot slash didn't realize that Mandalorians have a language. Yes. Mandalorian. Did, they, did they speak that in the Mandalorian? They might at some point. Uh, I don't remember if they do. They, like, the only they write in could, it. Yeah, they write in it okay because the only person that i could think of would be the armorer but like i was like but i don't recall subtitles like i mean i put on subtitles to watch episodes regardless but like right i, I couldn't remember and then i was like sabina's speaking a different language like do they realize this yes. <laughs> so i mean I, I was just impressed i'm just always impressed with everyone's like multilingualism in star wars and so mm-hmm. good job star schools well well done um chopper was definitely in trouble which made me nervous at the beginning of this um i did not did not like that at all i loved ezra's they shot first (laughs) obviously like ongoing thing (laughs) nod to uh our friend han yes (laughs) okay then we get my new bff tristan (laughs) tristan Tristan Wren, yeah, he's he's hot. <laughs> okay, so first of all, I really like the name Tristan. Um, mm. super hot. Like Tristan and Sabine are both like really good names. I was just mm-hmm. like, this is fabulous. And at first, like, they didn't tell us that this was her brother. We kind of figured it out because she told us that she had a brother and mm-hmm. he's hot and he's there. And so you're like, okay, he's probably her brother. Um, but it was very exciting to find out it was. Um the empire mandalorian snow armors are really cool they yeah. just they looked dope mm-hmm. like they they were just super super cool looking really liked it a lot of these notes are gonna say sabine's mom sucks yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah ursa's not the best countess ursa ren <laughs> she um she's a piece of work so yeah, that's gonna is. be a reoccurring theme in my notes that she's mm-hmm. not a good mom uh, <laughs> okay when they get there and Ezra's like hi hi and he's just like saying hi to everybody's like so awkward and he's just like hey everyone and they're just staring at him like we're gonna murder you and that was really funny I really liked that and then Kanan goes less is more (laughs) for real with the Mandalorians especially (laughs) 
Okay, this next note says her mom is okay. So throughout this episode, I feel like Ursa went like down, slightly up, back down, back up, Mm -hmm. way down, and then like back up. I like could not get a read on her. It was really, really frustrating. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also liked it because it kept the episode interesting. Um, But I could understand how having a mom like that would just be very confusing and difficult for Sabine just because like you don't really know like where you stand or like no. what what foot to stand on with her so she right. she made me nervous what's more important family or family like right clan mm-hmm. versus your own family. right I loved so her mom was like you don't have a claim to it because you didn't win it right the dark saber mm-hmm. and Sabine's like I'm holding it that's a pretty good claim I was just like <laughs> bitch you are amazing all about yeah. it <laughs> so after that I say never mind her mom sucks and I'm also like is her mom a narcissist I feel like her mom is like very into herself and like very into like her own power and like her own like thing and it's kind of just like fuck anybody who gets in my way so I feel like that's kind of like who a gets in her clan's way yeah She's it's very like clan centric it's like a sure. very hardcore Mandalorian trait mm-hmm. it just felt like a lot yeah, I really want to see the Mandalorians go up. I want to see the Mandalorian clans go up against the uh, the Chiss ruling houses, Colleen. Oh wow, <laughs> <laughs> that that would be something. That that mm, I don't know if we want to see that. <laughs> the nine ruling families would bury them in bureaucracy. <laughs> so mm-hmm. then Sabine gives her mom the saber, and it was like, why? why would you do this this is clearly a bad choice yeah like i i straight up did not understand why she did this like it's pretty obvious she doesn't trust her mom as far as she can throw her and yet she gives her the saber and i was just like this this is a tough look for you my girl but then fen rao comes in clutch he grabs ezra and kanan's sabers and you're just like okay obviously they're gonna need it it's gonna be like one of those like throw the saber situation like we always Mm -hmm. get so i was Mm -hmm. i was into that my next note says Tristan, don't be a dick. <laughs> um, and he was, he was a dick. Um, obviously, like betraying his sister, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, my next note says Gar Saxon sucks. Everyone in this yeah. episode blows with blows <laughs> underlined twice. <laughs> I'm with Mandalore, said so it's full of Mandalorians. <laughs> Jeez. Um, okay, then he so gar saxon says stand with me or die with your family to fucking tristan that was intense mm-hmm. that, that was, there was a lot and then like fenrau saves the day ezra gives sabine a lightsaber which was like yeah my mind was just like blown i was like this is amazing i loved it mm-hmm. um, he trusts her so much <laughs> it, there was just a lot sabine was just such a badass okay and then they have Gar Saxon, right? Mm-hmm. And then they like let him go. Well, Sabine they have is him. going to. He dead but, now. <laughs> well, okay, but it was just like, why would you not just kill him? She she didn't want to. I mean, she's she, wrong. She, <laughs> she she was trying to fight that kind of old school Mandalorian. Thing. Very, I mean, that's a very, that shot was set up very much like Anakin and Dooku. Yes. 
I thought the exact the two sabers, except yeah. she's she's got more of the Ahsoka vibes because she's holding the sabers like backhanded. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. But she chooses yes. not to. I understand that. However, I will continue to defend that Anakin was right to kill Dooku. Dooku would have killed him. Dooku tried to kill him. Dooku had Darth no Darth hands. I don't give a fuck. Dooku had a brain. And he needed to die because he was going to keep hatching stupid plans mm-hmm. to kill Anakin and Obi-Wan. Okay, so, like, Dooku had to die. Gar Saxon had to die. Like, he tried to kill Sabine. Like, there is such a thing as self-defense. What is happening yes. here? Well, and Ursa like, did kill him then when he well, betrayed the rules of Mandalore. Well, good. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I was She's just like, like, yeah, no, no. <laughs> I was super not into it. And then we find out that Sabine is staying. Mm-hmm. And my heart broke in a million pieces. Yeah. Um, and then Fen Rao was also staying, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. He's that gonna be her just, protector. <laughs> I mean, okay, but like, there's Hot Tristan who could be her protector, <laughs> and then we could see more of Hot Tristan. Um, I was disappointed that she was staying. I understand why she's staying, but it's like having her out of our main plot line is just like tough. Cause like we've grown to really, really like Sabine, especially after these episodes. And so mm-hmm. to like take her away from us is it's, it's a tough, it's tough. tough one. I'm hoping yes. she comes back soon, but man, yeah, I really like Sabine. So that's, that's going to be a tough yes. one. I love Sabine. And yeah, I loved these episodes. I thought they were great. Um, I thought they were action packed. I thought, they i don't know if they like so much moved the plot forward because i still don't really understand what the plot is um but building alliances okay i guess they did that they're trying to plan an attack on lothal is what they're trying to move towards so they're trying to get more allies for that okay that's why they were like sabine yes get the dark saber and lead the mandalorians I guess like I mostly like these because when we saw the Darksaber in the Mandalorian, mm-hmm. I didn't even know what that was. And then of course I heard you guys talking about it and I was like, oh, okay. But like, at least this gave me like a little bit more screen time with the Darksaber. So that mm-hmm. was really exciting for me just to like get that sort of background. So I loved it. I thought it was great. Two good episodes. Yay. I'd probably give these guys like eight and a half. Yeah, they were really good. I liked All them. Right. Yeah, I love Charles of the Dark Saber. It's so beautiful. Oh, the animation's yeah. perfect. You didn't I, mention Bendu showed up for a hot second. You didn't mention him. Well, that's why it goes down to eight and a half. Why are you bringing it up now? <laughs> I tried to just like breeze past. I nearly threw my computer. I watched this one on my computer and I was just like, fuck this. <laughs> no i hate that guy why was he there there was no reason like is he getting some sort of like royalty per episode that he shows up in like he did not need to be there i am on i'm livid if they ever make like fucking bendu merch at galaxy's edge i'm going to buy it just to burn it i hate it get out (laughs) the the only reason i think he was there is because sabine finally tapped into the force yeah i think that's just a little bit and we have the uh the morai the owls yep the represent ahsoka i don't care who's tapping into the force he can just keep napping like he does not need to come up and be like i felt it you should be no (laughs) 
get the hell out of my life for real you're completely useless also reminding us that he's there because everything in rebels comes back (laughs) i don't want him to come back stop reminding me that he's there it's just a rock flow it's fine it's just rock i hate it (laughs) (laughs) okay before we lose it completely we are going to move into our sixth holocron, the conjecture at the cantina. This is where we ask our questions about the episode and explore some wider Star Wars lore together. And as always, I'm going to kickstart us off with what did Dave Filoni and crew have to say about these episodes? Well, we learned from Dave Filoni on Rebels Recon that the Darksaber was originally supposed to be a vibro blade owned mm-hmm. by Pre Vizsla, but George Lucas was like, no. <laughs> That's not going to stop a lightsaber, which Previsla is using it for in the Clone Wars. So George created the myth of the Darksaber for Clone Wars. Filoni wanted to focus the entire episode on training for Trials of the Darksaber in order to do a lot of character building, which, excellent, he did a great job. Yeah, definitely. He had, yeah, it was so good. Like, ugh, one of those just, like, chills episodes. And I it definitely was just cried. Like, it was one of those episodes that just, like, it worked for what they were trying to do. Exactly. Yes. And it's like, yes. it's so nice when something just like works out. Yeah, it clicked. Like everything in the episode was clicking. It was yeah. perfect. He actually had Tia Sarkar, who is Sabine's voice actress, record her dialogue before completing the scenes in animation, mm-hmm. which is not usually how it's done because he wanted Sabine's facial features to match Tia's emotions from when she was. Interesting. Before. That's really cool. I was like, you get it, Dave, get after it. And then she got to record with the actors who were playing her family as well. So she got to record with her mom and her brother so that they could get like a more authentic kind of feel for the dialogue. I love when they do that. It's like sometimes you can tell kind of that it's like, oh, they're not in the same studio together and you can kind of feel that. Yeah. But here it's like the tension is real. Like this is really freaking intense here. He said that Sabine's father, who we might meet later, (laughs) we might married into Clan Ren. So does, Ursa, he, does he look like Tristan? You'll just I, I could go for I could go <laughs> no for spoilers. Daddy Ren. No spoilers. For Daddy Ren. <laughs> um, so Ursa is definitely the higher ranking Mandalorian in the marriage. Clan okay. Ren is also not native to the planet of Mandalore, obviously. They were conquered and brought into their culture. And their stronghold is on that planet of Crust. Then my other question, Flo already covered how she thinks of Kanan as teacher. <laughs> um yeah, he needs to go to some professional development. He also needs like his own anger management. Like I think mm-hmm. I think the issue really is that Kanan needs therapy. And like you can't yes. you can't pour from an empty cup, right? And so like mm-hmm. his cup is empty mm-hmm. and now he's like kind of lashing out and like we all lose our patience obviously with our students and like yeah. with our own children. And it's just like you you have to go back and at least he apologized. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm going to give him credit for that. Like I try really hard to apologize to my students. I definitely apologize to my daughter all the time. She now takes advantage of it. That's fine. Whatever. (laughs) At least I'm doing it. Um, But then he like, he came out of it and then he re-dug his hole by being like, just quit. So yeah, I I mean. There's a lot to work on. There's just other tools out there than reverse Mm -hmm. psychology, Kanan. There are. So what we really need is we really need the ghosts to go through some kind of a wormhole and end up in the Star Trek universe where mm. the starships have counselors on board. There you go. That's exactly what we need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or or 
Bendu could fucking make himself useful and like be a licensed therapist and actually do something for people. That would help. Yeah. If he, he can really build it, he can he can uh, build a psychology university right next to that factory that you keep telling him they need flow. You know what? I'm sorry <laughs> that I'm trying to give these planets better infrastructure and better mental health. Okay, I'm sorry for caring. They do need some shrinks. There are <laughs> there are therapists in Legends for sure. <laughs> okay, but yeah, I mean mm, the poor Jedi—they really needed a lot of poor help. everyone. Like poor Leia, poor poor Luke, yes. like poor poor everybody. Yes. Poor Shmi. Why don't we oh, ever think about Shmi? Shmi? You know who really need a therapist? Shmi. Shmi. Oh mm-hmm. man. Shmi deserved better. She deserved Justice so much better. For Shmi. I concur. I think Anakin well, that got was, it. Well, but... I mean, yeah, Anakin kind of got that justice, but she should have been well, alive. Justice for the justice, justice for the Tuscan dogs. Oh, the yeah. doggos. Please. Yeah, that's fair. That's that's actually fair. I, I won't forgive him for that. All right. I forgive him for everything else, though. <laughs> the younglings, just not the dogs. Yeah, no. there's a line. <laughs> the line is the dogs. You crossed it. <laughs> All right, so on my end, so I'm pretty sure this is definitely the best example we have of this, but Colleen, I don't know if you know off the top of your head, is this the only lightsaber duel we have in Star Wars between two non-Force users? We have Gar Saxon and Sabine hmm. out on the ice. I think so. I cannot think of anything off the top of my head. It's usually two force users or a non-force user against a force user. Yeah. Just because lightsabers are so rare, it's very rare that a non-force user would get a hold of one. Like in the Clone Wars, there's a couple. Like Ahsoka's gets stolen. Yeah. And this girl is using her lightsaber or a previsla uses the dark saber so there's there are people who know how to use them we just don't see it happen very often mm-hmm. especially in a fight sequence because like han uses one but not for any sort of battle no just for shelter yeah exactly he's got to slice open that belly yeah poor tauntaun rest in peace oh, tauntauns oh, rest in peace all the one all the ones that got driven out to yeah. make that base i just read um from a certain point of view, the Empire Strikes Back, the uh, the short stories, and it's there are a lot of tauntauns and several wampas that get driven from their homes to make that rebel base on Hoth. <laughs> I'm not surprised, man. I'm not surprised. <laughs> People suck. Yeah, they yeah, really do. do. Those <laughs> sentient beings. <sighs> <All right. sighs> anyway. Uh, some of my other questions about this episode would tend to be kind of center around the Darksaber and the Darksaber lore. We've kind of covered that pretty extensively through previous episodes. So mm-hmm. if you want to know some more about our thoughts, our takes, and some more history on that, check out our Sabine Wren character study series, where we mm-hmm. do do a decent amount, I think, on the Darksaber, uh, our Rebels episode on visions and voices. Mm-hmm. And pretty sure we do something about Mandalore and culture and all that stuff during our Mandalorian coverage. What? <laughs> shocking when that dark saber turned up and Flo was like wait what's that honestly i was so confused weird dark sabery thing showing up well and you know how i am with the light settings on my tv i was like i i can't see a thing yeah (laughs) 
So next up, uh, so Flo, you mentioned this earlier, and we actually discussed this, I think I brought this up a little bit on the Twilight Apprentice episode. You know, Sabine does show mercy to Gar Saxon by not killing him. Mm-hmm. But in the end, Gar still ends up shot dead. So, like, you do that to kind of keep Sabine pure and, like, not have that blood on her hands. But is she morally clean on that front if it's the same freaking result? I think so. Ursa did it. <laughs> yeah, but it was, like, in the scheme of things, it's, like, it's it still had to be done. Yeah. It, it's, like... It... I don't think it makes her pure. I think it makes her dumb, to be honest. Like... <laughs> I, I, I honestly like, madness. I, 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 I would. Flo chooses I violence. I can't imagine myself ever killing somebody. And like, I'm very like anti-violence in my own life. However, like if somebody came for like Charlotte, my daughter, for example, like there's no doubt I am fucking killing you. Like, and there will be no mercy. So like he tried to kill her. He tried to kill her friends. He tried to kill her family. Yeah, like Gar Saxon needed to die. And then like it just shows that she was dumb because she turns around and he tries to kill her. So yeah, she it's died. like this is just like a poor, poor judgment here, Sabine. Like I understand that, you know, she was trying to I like keep her if we're gonna talk in Harry Potter terms, like keep her soul intact and not like rip it apart. But like you're in a war. I, I don't really know what else to tell you. <laughs> It was a, it was definitely a choice. And I'm pretty sure like most of the Mandalorians who were standing there were like, what the fuck are you doing? Mm-hmm. Which is why Ursaren was keeping a real close eye on the situation. <laughs> oh my gosh. Mm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, All right. mm, I think she is, I mean, morally, it's kind of hard to say, but she didn't pull the trigger. I mean, look, she's killed other people, right? Like yes. she's blown up people right and left with explosives. She's like mm-hmm. shot a blaster at a bunch of stormtroopers. Like, why yeah. is this any different? Except he's right there and his helmet's off. Like, come on. Come yeah. on. And uh, now I'm, I'm not into it. All right. You needed to make us like Ursa a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I still don't like Ursa. <laughs> That's okay. Mm-hmm. So. It's also pretty timely that we are discussing these episodes, the big focus on Sabine, when rumors are abound in the last couple of weeks about Disney and Lucasfilm searching for their live action Sabine to cast Mm -hmm. in the upcoming Ahsoka series. Mm -hmm. So Star Wars social media has just been buzzing, to say the least. A lot of people um, say that you should just hand this part straight to Tia Sarkar, who does the voice Mm -hmm. for Sabine. Uh, she posted a very, very nice heartfelt message on Instagram and I think Twitter as well about how mm-hmm. thankful she is for all the support that the fans are showing her. And I'm curious what you guys think, because I'm I'm like of two minds on this one. Yeah. Oh, this is a really hard one for me because I love her and I think she would be great as Sabine. But like, also Sabine is supposed to be more of an Asian inspired character like japanese chinese korean Mm -hmm. um so that also gets a little bit trickier because yes tia sarkar is asian descent but the character is more coded a certain way and i know that community would be really excited if sabine were played 
by an Asian actress. Mm -hmm. So it's really tough to say. I mean, Jessica Henwick would be my personal choice, and she's already in oh, a Star Wars family. She, that's true. And I oh, think she'd she be, be good. She'd be really good, and she has a martial arts style background. That's so one of my things. So, like the two <clears throat> two characters that we've seen so far, kind of transitioned from animation to live action. We've seen we've seen Ahsoka who was voiced mm -hmm. by Ashley Eckstein and ultimately played by Rosario Dawson. Mm -hmm. I I didn't question that choice like at all, mostly because uh, Ashley Eckstein is a phenomenal voice actress. She's an yeah. amazing member of the Star Wars universe. She embraces the fandom and everything mm -hmm. so well. She does a great job. I, I don't know if she's ever actually really done any like live action acting before, right. particularly not a very action heavy role. Right. Then you get someone like Katie Sackhoff for Bo-Katan, who, I mean, Katie Sackhoff is an action star. Yeah. <laughs> she she well, already they, is. Yeah, they based the character to look like her a little bit too. Yeah, they had already like kind of done that. So it was an easier transition. And, and T is kind of like somewhere in the middle there. Like she's she has done live action roles before. Mm -hmm. but literally the only thing that I think I've seen her in is The Good Place, which is obviously a very comedy <laughs> centric yeah, thing she's more of a comedian she's definitely more of a comedian. that's not to say though that she can't like i mean right no she could take probably a look at do a, it chris pratt mm -hmm. get, gets in shape oh, to be right. an action star i have no doubt that she could do that right but it's one of those things i'm just like it's not like an instant thing in my mind right. but i also don't know if i'm just like being too critical on that on that front so never know okay i'm gonna throw a name out there because is it connie <laughs> Connie Lau? <laughs> Connie Lau would be incredible. Shouts mm -hmm. to our friend Connie Lau, who would be incredible. No, I'm actually, this is going to be like just as much of a dark horse, actually. Mm -hmm. I'm going to shout out somebody who clearly like has the like physical skills to be Sabine and like flip around. However, has not been tested in terms of acting. And I'm going to go with gold medalist Suni Lee. Oh, oh that could be interesting. Right? That could be really interesting. <laughs> She's adorable. She's a little too she... young, I think. And also, I I'm, I don't. She's not that old. I'm not sure. Oh, Sabine's about supposed this. to be in her 30s. What? Wait, she... no. Sorry, sorry. Right here, Flo, she's a teenager. But yeah. the, the, yeah. the casting the is series. for the yeah, Ahsoka for the series, series, which is in the timeline yeah. of the Mandalorian. Okay, so we're going to have live action Rebels. Suni Lee as Yes, Sabine. she'd be great. For 30s, be... I'm going to go with Brenda Song, though. Oh, that'd be a good choice. That'd be a good one. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Tipton. <laughs> <laughs> there, I mean, there are so many great choices, and that's Absolutely. the difficult part. Like, yes, Tia would be amazing if yeah. she could get this role, but I don't know if she has the physicality to do it, and she doesn't have to necessarily. Sure. But, if but they you know could who does? Actress... Suni Lee. I can't. Yes, she does. <laughs> yes, she does. <laughs> She'd be able to do all those sounds. What a queen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's my vote. All right. I like it. All right. Well, that is going to wrap it up for us today, everybody. So tune in with us next time as we continue our season three coverage and take a look through some Imperial Eyes. I think Flo is going to be happy next week. <laughs> is there a lot of callus? <laughs> Maybe. Until then, <laughs> follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us those five-star reviews. Check out our website on bohemiangeekstudies.com. You can catch all of our episodes. Enjoy Colleen's Book Corner, where she reviews Star Wars literature, and contact us through email and social media. As always, keep telling other nerdy nights to join us. It really does help. We are in how many countries now, Flo? 
It was 47, 48 last time I checked. Woo! Wow, we're almost <laughs> 50. I know. That's yeah. all word of mouth, guys. Just keep telling people to join us. That's right. Head over to ForgottenEntertainment.com. Check out all the offerings from the Forgotten Entertainment family, including yet another Star Wars podcast where we examined the films in the Star Wars canon. And we're getting ready for, to record some new episodes for that coming up this fall. Mm-hmm. Until next time, though, dark savers up and keep those episodes streaming. Bye, yes. everybody. I Bye, stand everybody. corrected. We are in 51 countries. Oh, <laughs> we, crossed, we crossed 50. the totally arbitrary barrier. <laughs> We're 51. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks. Bye. Cheers. Bye, Bye everybody. <laughs>